Hey, 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 welcome to the fourth season of Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and chaos of life. Through laughter, tears, and brutally honest confessions, each episode will culminate with a call to action, offering tangible ways for listeners to not only strive for, but to become the best version of themselves. I'm Steph. And I'm KB. Steph is a certified holistic wellness and gut health specialist who has dedicated 10 years of her life to building multiple six-figure businesses online. And KB is a former network marketing hater turned top leader in her industry. She is a certified life coach helping women to get unstuck from the same chains that once held her back. Together, we have built a thriving business by helping incredible women just like you level up in their health and wealth, all while staying rooted in Christ. Thank you for being here. Let's do this. Hello, hello, you guys. Happy Monday. I am so excited to be here um, today. It's just Steph without Kristen. Um, and it's actually a friend of mine, Alyssa, who is going to jump on with us today. We are going to be talking about something that's very very near and dear to both of our hearts, which is trafficking. Um, It's obviously become kind of a buzz again with the Sound of Freedom um, movie that came out. And um, so I'm just going to welcome you on. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here. Um, I just adore you. So we met at church years and years and years ago. It was actually like right after I was saved. I was saved in that church. Um, and ever since, um, I just, I adore you. I adore your family. Um, I am super excited to have you here. And so I'm actually going to just, um, let you kind of come on and tell everybody your spiel, where you guys are, what brought you there, what you're doing there. And we're just going to go wherever the Lord takes us today. Awesome. Thanks so much, so much, much for having me today, Steph. Super excited to be here with you guys. And just talk about, like Steph said, something that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, It's something I kind of happened upon and stumbled upon. And then, you know, like many of you probably started looking and going, okay, like, what is this really? Um, And I am by nature a curious person, much like Steph. And so, (laughs) (laughs) right, you just start digging and all of a sudden there's a rabbit hole and you go further down and you discover how deep it really goes. And All right, guys, before we get in the episode, I just want to talk to you about NUX Activewear. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with NUX Active. NUX Active is high-performance activewear that doesn't compromise on the sheet. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process, from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel Positive Planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. NUX Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. Power through Pilates, dare to reach your hit goals, and strive for that extra rep in NUX Active. Run, don't walk over to NUXActive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways. As a gift to you, take 20% off your purchase with promo code ACTIVATE20 at checkout. That's ACTIVATE with a K, 20 at checkout. Make positive moves with NUX Active. So my husband and I live in uh, Belize in Latin America. We've been here. I've been here now uh, almost 13 years. We have four beautiful kiddos. Um, our youngest is three and our oldest is nine. Uh, so I know, still can't believe it's crazy. Um, we, I came down here originally 
to work with a uh, Christian college program. Um, so we did discipleship and leadership training with college students and met my husband down here. He's from the islands here where we live. Um, fell in love and really just discovered more and more what it looks like to kind of find our purpose and our space in this world. Mm. I think all of us are searching for purpose, searching for what fits us and our personalities. Um, And yeah, we just kind of found that way it grooves together. And this kind of area happened in that process. Um, Yeah, it's, it's like Steph said, I feel like trafficking, it's coming up to the, it's bubbling up again to the surface for lots of reasons, right? And um, where everybody sits on that can be really different. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that we've really walked into is just how do we um, make ourselves more aware of the circumstances we're in and um, not just kind of turn a blind eye right because it's so easy to just kind of do life and be in life and um ignore the realities around you whatever it is right whether it's um race issues whether it's trafficking whether it's violence whatever it is it's in our in our world it's kind of easy just to kind of put the blinders on and um do life and do the the people around you and do community and um not always open our eyes to what's around us. Absolutely. I know even for me when this first started, so again, being a, I would just say we're truth seekers. Like um, we're never going to, and I, and I used to, I used to, um, I guess be led um, because sometimes, especially I feel like if you're a person that's never moved away from home specifically, like, Mm -hmm your surrounding is just what you know. And um, oftentimes then you just don't know how to look for other information or whatever. Um, And for this topic specifically, when I first was hearing about it, um, I think I was so afraid to, to hear more. And you really do think like, Oh my gosh, that, that would never like that. That certainly doesn't happen around here that, you know, that couldn't, that couldn't, you know, that couldn't be true where I live or, you know, um, that would never happen because, you know, I'm so aware of my surround, like whatever the case is. Um, the, the reality is that, you know, people just need to do better. Um, you know, uh, if you, if you're one of the people that are, are, are believing that say the sound of freedom movie is a hocus pocus or whatever, then, then kind of shame on you. Um, and the first step I would say is look, Google local organizations for human trafficking near you and go there for one day and then come back. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'm just really excited to hear, um, there's a couple of different things that we already spoke about before even hitting record. Um, you know, for people that think it's not in the United States, unfortunately, uh, that's where the problem really lies. (laughs) Um, you know, this is a billions of dollar industry that is just hand over hand over hand growing continuously. Um, and it's not just in places like Belize where you are. Um, so yeah, I, want, I think a big part of that too is, is, um, you know, if you're, if you're doubting, like Steph's saying, you don't have to believe what we're saying, go and 
research it for yourself. Go and look at your area, go and look online and even, or even just look online about how to find or how to be aware of symptoms and signs that there potentially is trafficking in your area. And then spend a day sitting at your local grocery store, at your local mall, and see if you spot any of those signs. Like it's, if you really want to know if it's happening around you, then start being willing to open your ears and eyes. Because Mm -hmm. I, I agree a huge part of this, I think, is this mindset of like, well, it can't be in my area. It can't be in my location. Um, Mm -hmm. That has to happen in some far flung place like Thailand or, um, Mm. or, you know, it happens only in like the red light district in Amsterdam, you know, to understand that the reason it's persisted for so long is because people are willing to just think Mm. happy thoughts. Like I'm Mm. not, and I'm, I'm definitely somebody like I try to see the positive in a lot of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. But I also, I feel like, again, it's one of those things where you go, like, <laughs> if you aren't willing to even open your eyes, then you're never going to see what's negative or what's what we can change in this world. And I think you and I are very similar in the space where we believe that there is a right and a wrong, and that's a black and white thing for us. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when it comes to people and humans, you know, what is the responsibility and right that we have to actually open our eyes? Like, as as people in this world where there's so much corruption, there's so much happening around us. Like I said, we can do one of two things. You can open your eyes or close your eyes. And sometimes yeah. opening your eyes is really scary, yes. but it allows you to have such a great impact that, that is so powerful. And I think it gives purpose, honestly, like, yes. you know, when I started to open my eyes, like I've been really, we've been really fortunate my husband and I, and then me individually before we were married to be able to travel to some really amazing places in this world. And that's really where it came up for me the first time is when we were in Thailand. Mm. Um, and you know, I was a tourist, like we weren't, I wasn't trying to see anything. I wasn't trying to do anything. Right. But I was walking on a random street and happened to walk down the wrong alley. Like that sounds really weird to say, but like happened to walk down the wrong alley and walk past a shop of girls in the window. And I was Mm. like, Whoa, Whoa. (laughs) what's going on, you know? And that's where I first started to really go like, how deep is this? How far does this extend? You know? And yes, it is where we're at, but we're not the destination either. You know? And I, and I recognize that, you know, even if you just go to the basic simplicity of looking like there's lots and lots of statistics as far as major sporting events. Uh, Super Bowl is the largest trafficking day of the year. Yep. And there's a reason because people can come in and out with a lot less. Yes, there's security. And I'm not negating that. Yes, there's a lot of security, but there's a lot of cover with that too. And so, you know, simple things like that, go and look and go, okay, how many people are trafficked at the World Cup? How many people are trafficked at the Super Bowl? How many people are trafficked at Wimbledon? Like go and look at major sporting events on the internet and it's well documented. You know, and if you're going, okay, well, I don't know if that's like real facts or if it's somebody just made that up, go and look at the source it comes from, right? Like it's, it just, again, you could ignore whatever you want to ignore, but are you willing to actually look deeper and go, what's the truth and what's not? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, I was just sharing with you and I have shared it on here before, but a couple of years ago, I was working with the head of human trafficking for the White House. (laughs) Um, And unfortunately, Uh, after the change of command, there is no longer a human trafficking division in the White House. And 
Um, you know, when, when something like that, um, the things that are going on in California, the things that are now like, <laughs> you know, allowed, um, to happen to young children, um, just all of the agendas, just so many things, the kids are being groomed, you know, why is Disney not willing to, to, to share the sound of freedom? Why is Netflix not? Why is this not? Why is that not? Um, it's because of who is running those organizations and, and that's, what's really scary. And so, you know, there is a lot of information that you can find all over the place, right in front of your face. But again, you have to be willing to like, realize like this, when you hear conspiracy, like that should be a red flag. Okay. Like when they're trying to, um, whatever it is, not just this, uh, topic, when you hear conspiracy, that should be like, for me, that's where I'm going deep. That's why I'm going deeper. Why are we trying? Why are we trying to tell people, you know, why is this propaganda, you know, whatever. Um, but those sporting events, um, a lot of the halftime shows, you know, people think, whoa, what, what an amazing show that was. And I'm like, oh, was it? Um, you know, so when you start to to learn a little bit more about all of those things, and then you really start to see it, you start to see it everywhere. You start to see it in Hollywood and movies and all of these things where it's actually thrown right in your face. Um, well, and so much of it has been to create numbing, right? It's, yeah. it's been, it's been to allow us to be to a place where we aren't aware of it as much anymore. Like, you know, that's, and I know again, that whole idea of the conspiracy theory of it, right? There's, that's been long for a long time. We've heard that. And the idea that, you know, they just have to introduce it little bit by little bit, by little bit, by little bit, you know, and I know like, our, you know, I, I'm sure when you were a kid, your parents used to say this, like, well, when I was a kid or, you know, yeah. when, right. And it, you know, I, I like laugh at that because and we all did, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I have the same thing, you know, now raising kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this would never have been in a show when I was a kid ever. Oh. And what our moral compass is like, what's right and wrong has become so muddy. Mm. Yeah. Right. And to be able to say like, there is a right and there is a wrong, like even that in of itself is so divided now, um, yeah. you know, and, and we only see part of that, obviously going back and forth to the States, but um, it's all over the world. Every yeah. place there's, you know, what, what was right and what's wrong is so muddy and mm -hmm. it's become muddy because we've allowed it to become muddy. Right. Like if you don't, if you don't continue to define that line clearly for yourself for your family, for individuals, yeah. then we just allow it to persist, right? Like it's the, it's the desire and the ability for us to stand on truth or yeah. not. Right. Yeah. And when you don't stand on truth, the, the omission of the speaking is actually the acceptance of it. And I know that that's like a challenging thing for people to hear, but when you don't stand on truth, right or wrong, then you're saying to the people around you, that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay to not be, to not, you know, push on it. And I, I get like, there's a balance of all of that. And like, as believers, we definitely seek the Lord and go, okay, is this something we're supposed to push on or not? Right. But the idea that you can love people and mm -hmm. not love the sin is so yeah. foreign nowadays. Yeah. And that's scary. Like, that's really scary to me because I'm like, what are my kids coming into? What's normal for their friends? Mm -hmm. You know? Well, and, and I'm, you know, uh, 
my level of um, expectation. Um, you know, I I'm very strict, I would say. Uh, you know, my kid doesn't just get to go outside and play with whoever he wants to play with, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that child. If I don't know those parents, if I, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're not, my house is a sleepover house. Like, you know, that's just how it is. And it's because of digging deep. And because, you know, one of the statistics, you guys, um, especially like thinking like, oh, that wouldn't happen around here. Um, you know, it, I, I could send you recordings of those educational, uh, you know, the, the zoom calls that we were having before when I was working with the guy from the white house. Um, and it was happening in the neighborhoods in my area in Virginia. And it was terrifying, devastating. One of the things is, is that these are church going men. These are, um, you know, white collar family, like you would never believe the statistics, um, unless you try to actually find the truth. And, you know, that's where people just have, you just have to be so careful. You have to do better. Um, again, with like what you're saying, what your children are watching the YouTube, the, you know, the movies, um, the things that you're allowing to get blurry and muddy and, and really dangerous Mm -hmm. is what I call it. I call it dangerous. Um, It's confusion. It's, um, mental health. Um, you know, it's, it's really beyond muddy. You know, I love that you're saying muddy to me. I'm saying it's dangerous, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, I actually do want to talk to you also, you know, we're considering purchasing, um, something either in Costa Rica or, you know, like just, you, you have to be aware and you have to have a plan. The reason why I'm in Florida is because I was not going to allow my son to go to school with what they're allowing in the schools now in Virginia. Like, I just, I'm not going to do that. And if things change down here, then there's going to be an X plan. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I do love how you said all of that. Well, and then we, you know, we found ourselves, unfortunately, in a really similar situation recently where we had to make a similar call and it was the same thing. It went, okay, you might not see this as an issue, but we do. And this is why, right. And it's, it's because the training that we had in awareness to be able to look and go, what are the symptoms and signs of potential instances where you could have sexual abuse, where you could have human trafficking, where you could have all these things because people think, okay, yeah, well, my children aren't going to get trafficked or our neighborhood kids aren't going to get trafficked, but what leads up to that point? Because oftentimes that's not the first step, right? So yeah, yes, there is instances where people are snatched right off the street or pulled out of a window or things like, yes, that happens. But there's a reason they that they've been able to define so well the termings for grooming. There's right. a reason that they've been able to recognize and draw statistics on how it gets to that point. And so often it happens with somebody that's hiding in plain sight because yep. they've learned how to be two people. And, yeah. you know, the fact that we we allow that to persist simply because we're not willing to look at what are the signs? What are the, what are the trading? Like what, what's out there to say, this is what you need to look for. (laughs) Right. And we, um, we have that responsibility to look and go, okay, like how do we, um, how do we find the right training to figure out what we need to be aware of? Right. So, you know, like this is really simple, but one of the things that kind of led us to where we're at right now is even looking like, how many parents actually look up on Facebook 
TikTok, YouTube, their parents' teacher or their kids' teachers. Like mm. that's a really simple thing, but you know, the laws are different in different states on what you can put on, on the internet, on social media. Mm. But oftentimes what you see on social media is the reality of someone's life. Right. right. I mean, not, not obviously it's, it's a, it's a groomed picture. So I'm not saying that's like hundred percent who they are, but sure. people have gotten so comfortable just posting whatever on Facebook or on social media, on Instagram, on TikTok, and not realizing like the internet is forever. Yeah. Right. And so we, as parents, like if I want to know what my kids potentially are seeing, if their teachers showing them something on, on um, the TV or something else, yes, there's restriction in classrooms, but like, what are they about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Right. But like, what are they about? What, are, what's normal for them? Because if I'm looking on, you know, their, my kids, teachers, TikTok, and they're posting all these really um, inappropriate videos well, the more that someone's looking at something, that's what they're thinking about, right? Like we know that biblically, yes, but like just in nature and in in design, regardless if you're a believer or not, whatever you're looking at is often, and whatever you're posting is what you're thinking about because it's coming up and around all the time, right? And yeah. so, I mean, we know well enough to know like algorithms on Facebook, algorithm on Instagram, they're going to continue to show you videos that you've liked, that you shared, that you've seen. So if someone's, yeah. you know, like it's just sim simple stuff like that. Like people aren't even thinking about that stuff. I find so often, you know, yeah. I, we right. just had that conversation with some of our, with some of our mom friends. I don't know. It was two months ago or so. We had a mom, we have our mom's night out and yeah. um, we were talking about that. Of like, you know, we were kind of like, okay, well, how many people have actually like Googled their kid's teacher? And it was mm. like two of us in the group. Mm. And it, it's just, it's something so simple. That's what I say. Like, Sometimes it's just taking the blinders off to the site. So start simple, you yeah. know, like, or you're, it sounds funny, but like we even, you know, all of our kids, friends, like if we don't, we don't accept friend requests from just anybody we get, you know, I get it from all the time. People, we have a small, like we live yeah. in a, it's not a small town, but it acts like a small town. Yeah. But I'm like, I won't friend you unless I know, you know, you because my kids photos are on there. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's simple stuff. Like my child's image, nobody is going to be finding on Google without my permission. <laughs> you know what I'm that's saying? Like, like, yeah, that's like super convicting, right? Like, <laughs> I guess my only take on that was, and this is just really silly to be honest. Now that we're talking about it, you know, as um, like Chad was working with the FBI on a lot of this stuff too. And he's like, I mean, really if anybody they're gonna find it like they're gonna mm -hmm. whatever but that's that that's a really good point of what you're saying um and really kind of ignorant of me <laughs> no no I mean when it's it's funny because it's like it's basic stuff right in some ways but at the same yeah. time like it's it's I get in today's world too like there's lots to do social media marketing but yeah. I want to control what the world sees of my kids yeah right and so that's how me. I'm like, am I geotagging? Am I like, I, I have that right. turned off on all my devices. Yeah. Like, nope, yeah. <laughs> that isn't happening. Right. Because I'm not having somebody randomly search for a school in the area. I mean, the U S is great about in some ways, in some ways, obviously about, um, documenting local pedophiles, local people that have been arrested for certain crimes. Right. Sure. And being able to look that up, but how many parents have even looked at that registry? 
Like have, right. have you know, like I, I feel like that's something really simple too, to like go, okay, I'm in an area. Have I ever looked and found who in my area has had issues with that? And it's not like, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of rehabilitation and of restoration. And so I'm not saying like you hold that crime against them forever in that way, but it's an awareness. Like when, then when I'm around that area or I'm around that person, my kid doesn't need to be there. Right. Like there's a difference in the boundary lines and the safety lines that I draw for our family and for my kids, because I recognize the damage that's done. Even if your child is not trafficked, right. Or your neighborhood kid isn't trafficked. Like what's the boundary line, the damage that's done. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that people understand also, and maybe you can, um, we'll get to this, but like these children, teenagers, people that are trafficked, they're being trafficked numerous times a day. What that means is they're being raped numerous times a day um, for years. Mm -hmm. Right? Like this in, you know, I just don't think people really truly understand what this means. Um, and like you're saying, like, can people rehabilitate? Sure. But, uh, I'm not going to find out <laughs> like, yeah, you know, we're not going to be the test subject. <laughs> right. Like uh, I'm not gonna, we're not. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, again, knowing better. I love the thing about searching the teachers. Um, you better believe everybody in AJ school knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. The teachers, the administrators. Now, does that mean that nothing would ever happen? No, but it does mean that like, I'm not going to be the oblivious one in mm-hmm. any circumstance, like where he goes to camp after school. Like, if you don't think that I researched every camp that I even, you know, thought about him going to, um, when AJ was going into kindergarten, you know, I would call the schools and they, they just couldn't believe the questions that I had. And I'm like, don't people ask these questions? And they're like, no, nope. You just literally, you're like, okay, well, this is the neighborhood we live in and this is where he's zoned to go. And that's where you're going to go. And I'm like, we blindly uh, trust what? Like it's, it's that, that part is like where I say like, you need to do better and not to just be like what, I don't know. People think that maybe that's harsh. Um, but I'll tell you what's not going to keep them safe is that. Well, and I get, I think this is the thing that I always go back to is that okay, maybe I'm being like what people would deem as like overprotective of my kids. But yeah. I would way rather be overprotective of my kid than be sitting in a courtroom trying to convict someone of molesting my child. Absolutely. I mean, really, that's, I mean, maybe that people are look at that and go like, wow, that's extreme. But that's where it comes to today. Like, that sounds horrible to say that in some ways, but like, that's the difference. And the years of damage, I mean, We've done lots of things in ministry and in relationships here. And one of the areas we've worked in is, um, is counseling and trauma counseling and (laughs) the impact that that does is so, so significant. And anybody that's dealt with that trauma can tell you that, um, but it didn't happen in one instance. Yeah. It didn't happen like that. When I was 15 years old once and it ruined me for most of my life, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like, 
thank God I'm healed from that now. But that was once like, imagine these people that again, molested, molested by a family member, um, a parent, uh, you know, again, back to the trafficking people's people are trafficking their own children. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, back to the research we were talking about too, but for a minute ago with that is that, you know, if you guys, if you don't follow organizations like fight the new drug, that's a really great place to mm-hmm. find research because they actually, they just did an interview. I want to say it was last week on a girl that was trafficked by her mom when she was starting, when she was like three. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you hear cases like that and you're like, Oh, that's like the worst of the worst. And I would love to say that that's the worst of the worst, but one, it's not. Um, yeah. And two, it's a lot more realistic in our world than we, I think, would ever hope that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I said, everybody wants to look at stuff with the rose-colored glasses, like this this good positive vibe, which is great. I mean, there's plenty of bad in the world. I <laughs> There's plenty of times I just don't watch the news, honestly, because I'm like, I don't need that kind of day. <laughs> and it's depressing, yeah. right? You see all the bad in the world and it's like, I just, I don't, I don't want that today. Sure. But I'm also not willing to ignore the reality of the circumstances that are around us every day. And, you know, you're right. It is, um, it's all over the place. It's, it's everywhere. You know, Another thing to be very aware of is like, if you don't know these kids, if you, if you're not having these kids come in, in your house and you're talking to them face to face and the parents and, you know, whatever, um, one of the things that traffickers do, um, so grooming, you know, uh, a lot of times what's happening a good majority of the time is that they're going on to social media and they're finding girls or, or boys, both, um, that are, you know, posting things like, Oh, and my parents just don't understand. Or they're like clearly seeking attention, you know, like those kinds of things now with social media, social dilemma is a really good, uh, thing to watch. I don't even know if it's still on Netflix, but just like, those are all of the executives from different platforms like Pinterest and Twitter and even email, you know, um, where they will tell you like their children will never have that app. They will never have, the, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, my child does not have a cell phone. Um, he won't for a very long time. Um, but one of the things that happens, um, with the trafficking is, you know, sometimes they'll tell the, the child or whatever that, you know, okay, well, if you don't want this to happen to you, then you need to bring us three or four of your friends. And so they do because then they think they're going to be saved. So, you know, that's happening or they'll, um, you know, they'll, they'll say, if you tell your parents, we will kill your whole family. And so they're trafficked for years without in suburbia, without Mm -hmm. any ever knowing. Um, and you know, those, those are things that again, you have to, you have to start to do better um, and stop being so okay with all of this, like, oh, well, everybody just wants to feel, you know, like, no, it's causing too much confusion. It's blurring the lines. Um, and and when you're allowing for all of those things to happen, but still not doing all of these other things and doing due justice at researching or even, you know, <laughs> entertaining the fact that maybe we're not crazy, um, I, I feel like you you'll be hopefully awakened in other areas as well, I guess is Mm -hmm. what I would say. Well, and there's, like you said, right. There's, there's, 
awareness and there's opening your eyes that we have a responsibility to do just as citizens of this world. Like regardless of your beliefs, you have a responsibility to do better and to do good in this world. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, because so often it happens with somebody that your kids already know or that your neighbor, like let's say you don't have kids. Okay. How do you get involved if you don't have kids? Yeah. Then do some research and look at places in your area that you can go and volunteer. You know, yeah. if you are, if you are not someone who struggles in this area, which hopefully anybody that struggles in this area is having conviction right now and they are <laughs> dealing with that. But you know, yeah. if you, if you are, you know, a single person and you're listening right now, or you are, you know, a, a grandparent or an older adult, like that doesn't have kids actively in your home, then find out organizations in your area where you can be involved because the more people that are aware of this issue, the greater impact we're going to have. Right. And the more people that close their minds to it or close their eyes to it, um, the more it gets more muddy in what's right and wrong in the moral code. Right. And, um, it just, it further persists. And so then how do we, as, um, parents also in that area, take our responsibility, right? Like we have a responsibility to raise, I, I feel like we have a responsibility to raise good humans. Right. Um, and I have a responsibility to educate my child, right? right? Those, even those conversations, like you're saying, if we do our job as parents, it completely minimizes the ability for that even to be a conversation anyone's ever going to have with our kids. Mm -hmm. If I don't do my job as a parent and create a safe space of conversation and normalize conversation, yes. then why would my child ever feel like they have an ability to come to me? Like I want, if somebody ever said that to my child, mm -hmm. I want them to run right to me and say, mom, this is what happened. We need to stop it. Right. Like, but if I don't raise a socially aware child, they're yeah. never going to have that conversation with me. And if I don't make that normal for them to be able to have a safe space to have the conversation, they're not going to have it. Right. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't, as a parent talk about where are your private areas that nobody should be touching right. and I wait for the school to talk about it, then I don't have an ability to dictate how that's talked about. Right. And especially in our society today, like <laughs> who knows? I mean, yes, there's, there's guidelines and things that are like, this is what you can and can't say in a school, really? but who's sitting in the classroom? Am I in a parent sitting in the classroom? My kid is getting sex ed. No, right. I'm not. Right. So how do I then, have that conversation before somebody else has it for me and dictates the terms that are okay and aren't okay. Because I recognize too, like what's okay for us as a family might not be okay for another family or vice versa, right? What's not okay for us might be okay. Like you're talking about sleepovers. We don't do sleepovers. Our kids know that because yep. that's just a boundary line for us. And they, they beg still all the time, but, <laughs> but they know like it's going to be a no, nope. Yeah. No sleepovers. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's just a personal decision my husband and I have made that like, that's where we sit on it. That's, yeah. And that's not everybody, everybody doesn't have to make that decision, but yeah. that's our personal line. Right. And you know, we talk about, we joke about this with our kids, other stuff of like, well, they're not your parents. Cause our kids will come and say like, well, so-and-so's parents, let them do blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's great for them. <laughs> they're not your parents. <laughs> yeah. I'm your parent. And every family does stuff differently. Right. And you know, people might say like, Oh, that's not a good way to talk about it. But for us, like that's how we've kind of decided to talk about it is every yeah. family does things differently. And this is our family mantra. This is what we are about. This is what we do. 
And when you go to somebody else's house, that might be different. And you have a responsi- responsibility to respect our family's rules and yeah. respect theirs when you're in your home, when they're in your, when they're in, when you're in their home. Right. So if our kid, I mean, it's simple stuff, right? If our kid goes to somebody else's house for dinner and they sit at the dinner table and they eat with a fork and knife and we don't at our house, well, they're at their house. They need to respect that. Right. right? But it doesn't, you know, having those conversations about like, what's a moral issue and what's right and wrong, what's a black and white issue. And what are the areas that, um, we have a responsibility to love our friends better. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I, I do talk about everything <laughs> with AJ. Like we talk about this. I'm like, you know, well, why, why can't I, why, why can't we do, you know, well, because there's people out there that take children. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. We are going to talk about it. And another thing is, um, so for a while, um, I kind of went through this thing where people would say like, oh, AJ doesn't, you know, sometimes like he won't look adults in the eyes or whatever. And I, I was like, well, I'm never going to force him to, to, this might sound funny. I'm never going to force him to respect an adult just because it's an adult, right? Like if he has this awkward feeling, however, that has drastically changed for me because I'm like, listen, buddy. You need to always confidently look adults in the eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, even if you have a weird feeling, I want you to look them in the eyes because that's a whole nother thing. Once one of these people sees any weakness in your kid or sees that they're going to be easily, you know, coerced into anything or, you know, whatever, they can come in and be like, oh, you know, another huge thing to know right now, you guys, is with your school system, wherever your kid is going to school, like teachers now have the right in some states to take your children away from you if they say, oh, my mom's not treating me right. You know, like, oh, my mom says that I can't be a cat. Um, you know, like these kinds of things, like the legislation that's being passed in your cities and school districts, like it mm-hmm. is very, very, very scary. And if you're not aware of that too, again, do better. Um, because it is insane how now teachers or counselors have rights over you as a parent right now. Mm-hmm. And that is another form of where things can go real bad, real quickly, Um, and so, you know, making sure that you're, you know, again, for AJ, like, okay, when you're at the restaurant ordering, you need to look them in the eyes, right? Like you need to let Mm -hmm. people know that you see them, that you're aware of them. You know, we're not going to hang our head low, you know, like those are things that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I like how you were saying in the beginning, um, like you guys obviously have training. Um, I, I get around a lot of people in this area, um, if you will, but if people are looking specifically on training or if they're looking, um, specifically on education, like where are your favorite places to find that? Mm. I think, I mean, obviously fight the new drug is one of my favorite ones to kind of start with because they do a really, um, they can be intense, but they have a pretty wide range. Um, and they're very, uh, they look for not just the top part, but they look for the bottom too, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they actually kind of, they're really thorough in certain things. Um, otherwise I would actually, I think the best thing you can do is find a local organization that does training in your area in person. Um, yeah. Because there, there is a lot of information out there on the internet. Um, 
but your local area is going to have the most updated information for your specific area. And it is, it can be very different from state to state. Like you said, the laws are different in different states. And so then the local organizations have to adapt in different ways to be able to adapt to the differences and the nuances in the trafficking in their area. Um, because you're right, like, you know, the schools, going back to schools for a second, like that's a really great area where, you know, there are certain states now that they don't even have to inform parents if they are doing things to do um, mm -hmm. conversions or sexual awareness. Like they don't even have to inform parents they're having those conversations, which is really yep. scary because again, you're entrusting your kids to a safe educational environment and it's not, you can't just assume it's safe. Right. I think years yeah. past, we could have on some level assumed it was safe to a certain yeah. extent, obviously, but it's just not the same now, right? So if you're looking for more training, for more information, go online, search um, trafficking awareness organizations in whatever area and see what pops up. And then I would just, like you said, make some phone calls and have a conversation with somebody and do a training in your specific area because it is, yeah, like what, how they would approach and how the trafficking works in California can be very different than how the trafficking works in Texas. And that yeah. sounds, that sounds maybe like weird to say, but the more that you learn about the laws and the um, options in both areas, you'll notice the nuances and the differences and the traffickers will work differently in those areas based on that. Right. Yeah. Basically if you're in California <laughs> uh, and you don't know what's going on, I would take uh, like a number of days to look up legislation for real. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's really, really scary what's going on there. Um, uh, do you mind sharing just a little bit more about how you guys have personally helped, um, like in, in your ministry or how that works? You and I were talking about, just having to be careful of even educating mm -hmm. the topic. Um, do you mind talking about yeah. that? Yeah, sure. So I mean, every, <laughs> you're good. Um, every country um, around the world, there's different organizations that work to be able to combat, combat um, trafficking and um sexual crimes, I guess is the best way to say that. I, you know, like the states, right? Different states have different legislation. The same is true um, internationally. Um, there is a worldwide group that has um, worked with different organizations in different countries to be able to uh, pass legislation and opportunities in different countries and most countries in the world have signed this agreement that they will um, prosecute trafficking cases. Mm. Um, so there is different levels too, because it depends on where the person is coming from. So, you know, the, the organization, organizations we deal with, um, we it approaches it differently in different countries because the laws are different in each country. And it depends on where the individual is coming from that's caught or the group or, you know, whatever it is. So whether you have someone that is um, U.S. citizen, non-U.S. citizen, um, it's different based on where 
you know, where they're at their cot, but then also where they're from, where their citizenship is. I mean, it's, it's a lot of different nuances of laws. Um, we have been able to be involved in it in a couple different locations now. And a lot of it has been because of the awareness training and just looking for, not even really looking for it, but being our eyes open when we're in locations. Um, like I said, we've been able to travel quite a bit, which has been really amazing. Um, but it's also in turn put us in some locations that worldwide are a little more um, active. Okay. Um, and how that looks in every place is different, right? Like I think we think sometimes like it's always the, um, it's the girls in a back of a truck somewhere that are being you know, move from place to place every week. Like that's how so many of us view trafficking um, and really simplifying it so much deeper than that, that, you know, there's, there's places in the world that are really amazing, but they're known for trafficking. And so even I would say like, this is this again, maybe, maybe this is more extreme than some people are ready to take, but like, before you go book your family vacation or before you go look for a vacation, look and see the statistics on worldwide locations that are high for trafficking. Yeah. And then don't purposely don't go there. I know that that sounds maybe some, for some people like why, um, but to recognize that so many times it's not just, if it's a, if it's a high trafficked country, it's not just one person. It's mm-hmm. so much deeper. And what are some can be- areas that maybe like, people aren't ready to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, there's common places that, you know, it's okay. So you think about, there's a lot of countries in Asia that even promote it as part of their tourism. Right. So then why do we spend our dollars in a place that promotes something that we find damaging? Right. Right. Like that's where to me, it goes back to your moral right and wrong. Like, I'm going to let my money talk for me. And that's not maybe the right decision for everybody, but that's what we've decided. Right. Unless, unless I'm going someplace, like, unless I'm going there with the intention of being aware and helping, why am I spending my money in a place where it's okay for them? We could say a lot about a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things that don't get my money. Just saying. Yeah. Right. But like, store yeah yeah Yeah, right like you 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 have to decide individually like what is my moral stance on this and what what am I okay with and what am I not okay with um Mm -hmm. you know and so we've we've been to Asia we've been to Africa we've been to Europe um Mm -hmm. South America like I I would love to say that there's some place it's not touched but I don't know of one (laughs) um some, like I said, are more are more frequent than others and more more visual or public with it. You know, there's unfortunately several countries in Asia that are like that, where you don't have to look very far to see that it's right there in your face. Um, there was one country we even traveled to that it was on the main the country's tourism brochure mm. um, about how you could buy buy a girl for cheap. Mm. Um, you know, and, and you go like, does that actually work? One, I mean, obviously it does because they promote it, but two, like, why am I okay with that? Why am I, if, you know, it's, it's the sin of omission, right? We talked about this earlier, right? Like if I'm not saying anything about it, I'm not doing anything about it. 
then on some level I'm saying it's okay. Right. Um, yeah. So again, you know, Europe, it's, I'm like dating myself a little bit with this one, I feel like, but, um, oh my gosh, the Liam Neeson movie from oh, years ago. Yeah. Um, I cannot even think of the name right now. <laughs> oh wow. Right. But all that takes place in Europe. Yeah. Shoot. What is it? I know it's going to drive me nuts too. All that takes place in Europe and you know, same thing in the Middle East. Like it's, it's everywhere. It's hit yeah. everywhere. So that's why I would just say like, I would encourage you when you're planning it, your vacations to look and see what their lo- local statistics are. Because it also, again, if you're talking with family, if they have high statistics, okay. So then are you aware when you're traveling around with your kids on right. who's around you, right? Like, could my kid get snatched like that? Again, people might go like, oh, you're just living in fear. But I would choose to say, like, I'm choosing to live in awareness. So right. some places we still go to, but yeah. I'm aware in a different way of who's yeah. around us, the interactions that our kids are having. Our kids are aware in a different level to say, like, hey, you know, be aware of who's talking to you, who is talking to you. Because especially our daughter, like, kid has never been a stranger. She is me and 100% when I was a kid. I would really <laughs> talk to anybody. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, like, she, because of that, we've had conversations with her of like, okay, you know, we're, you're always by us. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. You might be able to talk to someone like you're talking to somebody with mommy, with daddy, you yeah. know, you know, she's still young enough that it's, there are certain conversations you can have and certain you can't and then figuring out how you have those conversations. Right. Like, again, there's some great books on Amazon even that you can buy that talk about how to have the conversations with kids about sexual awareness um, offhand, do you know any of the names of those books? I don't, but I will, I can't remember all of them, but I will send you some and you can put them in the show notes okay, um, great. because there's some great ones we've used at different levels with our kids. There's one that we've used even with our, um, five-year-old that talks about, and our three-year-old even like, you know, there's again, a grand debate about this, whether you use proper body terms with right. kids or not. And, whether or not that's appropriate at certain levels. And, you know, you have to make that individual call for your family, but, um, you know, even those kind of conversations, like how are we talking to our kids about body parts? Um, yeah, but going back to the trafficking conversation with different countries, um, you know, being aware, like when I, when we travel someplace, do you know the local number to call if you see something that looks suspicious? Mm. Like that, even that, like it's something simple, but, to me, that's all this stuff. Like I can take the time and take mm-hmm. the responsibility on myself to look and figure out who do I call if I see something that looks fishy. Yeah. Who do you, how do you make an anonymous tip? Right. Like, and then you hope they, and you believe that they're going to investigate it properly. But you know, some countries, if it is more common, they will have a local tip line in every city or they'll have a national tip line. Right. And then, um, there's also organizations that you can volunteer with. We've talked a lot in our family about volunteerism um, and doing that as vacations, at least at some point, you know, during the year or every couple of years as our kids get older, like take your kids with an ability to have eyes opened and different trips will have different age levels that they can work with. I mean, there's all sorts of groups that do that. Um, and what is that called? Volunteerism. But you just look for organizations that do um, 
foreign tourism and then or trafficking. If you find a local trafficking organization that works internationally, a yes. lot of them will have international arms that they work with also. Okay. Um, but yeah, it just goes back, like you can see what the different laws are internationally for different countries. And then that'll probably tell you too, whether or not there's groups that would work there. Cause there's some countries that it's, it's so prevalent. It's and the, and the laws are so, the laws yeah. are so low that it's hard to even go and work there. Yeah. Um, or it's so corrupt that they're all involved. Yeah. So it goes on all different levels, but you know, even in different locations where you're at, like, unfortunately, I think in a lot of societies, there's, it's become so normal that people stopped paying attention mm. and it's sad because again, it goes back to the whole thing of, um, you know, what are you willing to close your eyes to? Yeah. Um, but it's become normal in a lot of places and it's just how it is. People just go, Oh, that's, that's, you know, the way of life. That's what mm. happens. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even in some of the places we've worked more recently, like there was one place you we went into that all the neighbors knew it was happening upstairs. Mm. They all knew, but they're like, Oh, that was their choice. But all the oh. girls that were there didn't have passports. They were all undocumented oh. um, because they're um, the people who brought them took all the passports. So mm. they were terrified that they came out of the house and that they would be reported to the immigration police and they would get deported back to their countries you know, it's, I mean, they, there was locks on the outside of the doors and not the insides. I mean, things like that, that you go like, how do you all know this is happening and nobody says anything? Yeah. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, if people are listening and they have not seen The Sound of Freedom, it's a great place to just start. I think they did a really good job on the movie. Um, I was just sharing with you and I did share it on my Instagram and then I took it down. Um but it's been known that there's been many issues with even showing the film in a lot of places. And so we walked in and they said, oh, we're sorry, but um, the film is stuck in the projector. And I said, really? Is that how we still run film for movies? You know what I mean? Like I was <laughs> very upset. And I said, how ironic is, is this happening to every showtime that this movie is playing in this theater? Like I was pretty loud. Um, and, and we refused to leave. So they were like, well, here's a voucher, you know, you can go see a different movie. And we were like, we're not leaving. Like we're, we're going to see this movie. And I stood there for about mm, 10 minutes and watched them turn away a bunch of other people. And we went and sat in the dark theater. There was no, you know, um, previews or anything happening. Like they just weren't going to show it. And we sat in there and sat in there and sat in there. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to move you to this other theater. And I'm like, well, what about all those people that you just turned away too? You know, like, tell me why mm -hmm. that was a thing. Um, so, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, I suggest to go see the movie. And then I suggest that you just, again, yes, just Google locally to you. Um, how can you help? You'll be shocked to see how many organizations there are. You know, these, these people and what the organizations do is they offer all of this, you know, help, treatment, therapy, um, teach them skills to get back into the world after this has been done to them for years and years and years and years, you know, um, 
just, you know, education is going to be key everywhere. Um, again, I just want to go back and reiterate the things that you said, looking up your child's teacher, knowing just because you're zoned for that school, like that doesn't mean you just like, oh, that's where my kid's going to go to school. But that just blows my mind. <laughs> like my kid doesn't just go to the school he's zoned for, you know, and in fact, he probably, you know, we love the school he's in right now, but you know, there are already some things and things that are shifting a little bit or what people are pushing down here um, that don't align with our family and either he'll probably go back to private school or, you know, whatever, like, and, and again, maybe you think that's extreme, but it's, that's what's going to happen in our home. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, where are your kids going to college? Uh, What are they going to be learning there? Um, You know, I know many families that, you know, have very strong morals and guidelines that they follow (laughs) and then their kids go away to college and they come back a completely changed person. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, like, I don't even know if AJ will go to college, (laughs) you know, and some people are like, that's insane. And I'm like, is it really, Um, you know, so obviously that's years down the road and whatever, but um, you know, our job is, you know, especially as believers, like our job is to teach the truth. And when we say the truth, we mean the truth of the Bible. Um, And, you know, it is white and black. There are no blurred lines. It is, you know, um, there is a a way that we live. Um, And many of the people that listen to this obviously live by those same um, guidelines, which is amazing. Um, but maybe if you're somebody that knows people that don't live by those guidelines or that are, you know, turning a blind eye to something like this, you know, maybe that's when you shared this episode, um, just getting the word out, doing more research, sharing that with people, talking about it at your mom meetup the next time, Mm -hmm. even if it's uncomfortable for you, even if they're going to be mad at you or whatever, like, you know, um, the sin of omission. I love that you continue to say that. Yeah. But I feel like, like you said, you know, there's so much opportunity out there. There's so much that we can look into and you have two choices. You can look or you can not. Right. And that truly is a sin of omission. Like we were talking about, it's, it's a choice to be aware or not. Right. And if you think it's conspiracy theory, if you think that um, we're just crazy, then don't trust our word. Go and look for yourself. Like, you know, I, I, am a firm believer in, um, if something doesn't settle right, then doing my own research. Yeah. Right. And I can't fault anybody else if I don't look into it. Yeah. And that goes for many, many, <laughs> it can be here. for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but again, you know, I didn't know differently or better, or I don't, however you want to word it. Um, and, and, you know, luckily I, I moved and then I moved again and I get around people, you know, um, I like to have conversations with people with different viewpoints because I do, I truly want to understand why, like, why, mm-hmm. why do you think that or believe that? And many times it's just because they simply don't know. They just don't know differently or they don't, mm-hmm. they're not willing to even have the conversation. They're defensive. They're they don't know. They don't know. They don't know the legislation or they don't know. You know what I mean? And so like, 
you know, it's one thing to just be on a bandwagon and like, well, this is just what I believe. And it's another thing to be like, okay, maybe this person that keeps talking about all these different topics that trigger me and make me angry, maybe I should just click on this post that they shared for once, you know? Um, well, and uh, why does it make you angry? I feel like that's a conversation we agree. <laughs> Like we don't, we don't have that conversation. Like if something's making you angry, it's triggering something. Yeah. Then what is it triggering and why? Right. And figuring out what that is because so often we just, we become okay with just being angry. Yeah. And yeah. not actually going like, why does that make me angry? Why are you not agreeing with this? Mm -hmm. You know, we have this conversation. This is, we're at the end, but. <laughs> Yeah. We had this conversation a while ago with our family, you know, where we were disagreeing about something. And I said, you know, 10 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago, we could be on opposite sides of the issue and we could be civil enough yeah. to have a decent conversation. Yeah. What has been so lost that we can't even have a conversation about it without yeah. it becoming that I hate you and you hate me? Yeah. Like, why is it so personal? You know, forget, like, I don't want to go with what society's told me. I want to have a conversation with someone on the other side of the aisle for me and go, hey, okay, generally, like, let me help. I want to understand you and I want you to understand me. And then we can have a conversation about it versus yeah. just yelling or fighting with each other. Like that does nobody any good. Does nobody any good. And I hate to be like stereotypical, but it just seems like the people that are aligned with the, the things that we are aligned with, we can actually sit down and have the conversation without yelling or uh you know uh name calling or you know I know you know during the election times and things like that or COVID like you know uh, many of my family my family who who you think knows you better than anybody like block me you know I'm the topic of conversation now they won't see me or my son you know like we're this foreign entity all of a sudden and I'm like how did we get to this place because we stopped questioning. We well, assume blindly. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but like we're taught so much. I know, <laughs> but I did. Yeah, I've never yeah. been one to sugarcoat stuff. Let's be honest. But yeah, you know, I like mean, we just we did not stop questioning things, and they did, and then and then it, it and it turns into this, and and unfortunately, that's how they air quote want it, and mm. you know, that's one thing about me too, is man, like. I, I'm not going to follow that. I just, that's not me. Um, yeah. So we've always been to show you the proof, show me the proof kind of people. Yeah. I will say that. <laughs> oh, you're so mad at me. Show me. Yep. I'll, I'll share with you. Exactly. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I am going to go back to the um, thing that you shared with me about October. Um, I just truly value your friendship, your um, your truth seeking, your heart, your um, the way that you and your family serve the Lord, all of the good that you're doing in the world. Um, you know, it's it's people like you that that I love having at my table. Um, and so, uh, thank you for taking the time just to be here and to help to educate some of our listeners today. Yeah. So grateful for the opportunity and just having me on today, Steph and love your friendship, love your desire just to seek truth. Like we, you know, just talked about and an ability just not to look at the world's for through rose colored glasses, but look at it for the truth that's in front of it and really evaluate the truth. Absolutely. 
Awesome. All right, you guys. Um, normally we would say this is where you can find so-and-so, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, <laughs> so um, just hopefully you take, you know, this information and, you know, if there was any call to action, the call to action would be just take action. Just um, find, even if it's just that where you can donate, you know, uh, some money to a local organization. Um, but, you know, I really do suggest that you reach out to find out how you can educate yourself and your family um, just for safety reasons as well. 100%. Yeah. All right, you guys have a great Monday. Okay. That's a wrap on another episode of Activate. Stay up to date by following Steph underscore view and Kristen Lee Ballard on Instagram. Please share this episode and rate and review us today on iTunes. Thanks for being here. We love y'all. Later.